Hello and welcome to the Overwhelm is Optional podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Mark, and as a self-proclaimed ambassador for ease, my mission is to bring you more ease into your life, getting you out of the horrid fog of overwhelm and living the life you always meant to. Hello, welcome to this week's episode. This week is about how to cope on days after a bad night's sleep. So forgive me if I yawn during this episode, but I had a bit of a weird night. I woke up from a really deep sleep, very disorientated, and I have no idea why. And then the ideas monster came to visit, and I didn't go back to sleep till dawn. So I'm having one of those days when I had less than the amount of sleep that I needed. But I've learned a lot in my recovery from burnout about how to cope with days when you really didn't get the sleep you needed. So let's dive in. Sleep's a really interesting one, isn't it? Everybody wants to solve it. There's been a lot of books out about sleep in the last decade, some of which I've read. Um, And I remember when I was in my most stressful period, really working to hack my sleep, you know, from the environment, the bed, the sheets, um, everything to The idea that you always go to bed at the same time, no screens before you go to bed, all all these, you know, there's loads and loads of different hacks. They're quite well known now. You can check them out if you want. But instead, I want to go with the idea that actually the more we focus on something and try and solve it, sometimes that can make it bigger, a bigger problem. And actually, sleep is really, really important. We know that. But it's likely to be disturbed just because that's how life is. And there would have been a time when it would have been okay to have had a disturbed night because you might think, well, the next day I can have a snooze. And this still happens, doesn't it, in some countries where there's a siesta. But in our really, really tightly timed, pressured highly organized western lifestyle there is no room for a sleepless night because the demands the next day they just crack in don't they it's like the alarm goes you've got to do this 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 you've got to get somewhere i guess that was one of the gifts of lockdown was the not having that for for quite a lot of us um and i mean gift whether it was good or bad for you gift as in it gave you a chance to see what it was like to have that removed to experiment with not having an alarm clock not having to be somewhere on time, because that pressure is immense, hey? So, yeah, sleep, really important for lots of reasons. There's all sorts of really good stuff going on while you're sleeping. Um, For example, the spent spent neurotransmitters are being mopped up, taken away. So sleep is really, really important for um, the health of the brain. Obviously, we feel amazing when we have a really good night's sleep. We tend to be in a better mood. We tend to be more patient. We tend to be much nicer to each other, much kinder. It's it's just, it, there's a lot of good stuff going on that I'm sure we haven't even begun to measure yet about sleep. And yet there's still this crazy idea in our culture that being able to function with very little sleep is a badge of honour, which is really interesting because it's clearly a load of nonsense. Um, so first of all, I'm a, I'm a big fan of sleep. I like sleep. I find that sleep is important to me and that um, allowing myself to sleep post-recovery, you know, whilst recovering from burnout was a really important thing. And I had a lot of resistance to it. You know, I shouldn't need this much sleep now. 
and all that kind of stuff. And I, in the end, had to schedule, this is quite funny, I had to schedule an afternoon, not even a snooze, but an afternoon, five minutes, lie down and close your eyes. And I scheduled this because I was so resistant to rest. And yet I was still in need of this. And that was quite an interesting thing. So what I did by doing that was I called it rest rather than a snooze. So I took away the need to sleep. So all I had to do was close my eyes for five minutes. And sometimes I sleep and sometimes I didn't. But the freedom of not having to sleep, not calling it a nap, was really interesting, made a big difference. Because when we feel under pressure to sleep, we often we just can't sleep, can we? Because you can't make sleep happen. You have to allow sleep. It's a very vulnerable state of being. So this kind of has started to feed in to how I, over several years, have reframed how I view sleep. So yes, it's essential. Yes, it's important for me. I feel much better when I sleep well. But accepting the fact that life doesn't really work like that. So it's actually very difficult to have the same quality of sleep every night. And that's okay. Because what I've learned about sleep and overwhelm is that I'm capable of having really, really great days after an appalling night's sleep. And also, I'm capable of having horrible rubbish days after a really good night's sleep. But when I used to have problems sleeping, when everything was very, very pressured and I was just getting through, it felt like it was the end of the world, that it was a disaster if I didn't sleep. And so I became more and more obsessed with getting sleep. You might recognise this because I know there's a lot of people not sleeping very well and it's causing a lot of overwhelm because it's really difficult to think clearly, isn't it? And when we don't get enough sleep, we can feel that we're more emotional, more reactive, and then things just pile up during the day. So what I've tried to do is look at sleep as both important, but also taking it more lightly. So for example, if say I don't sleep for, you know, it's more than one night, if it goes on for a while, so maybe I'm staying in somebody else's house or camping, something like that. What's interesting about that is my body, which I've learned to appreciate much more and see for the miraculous, amazing, um, not machine, because I think it's far more than a machine, but the amazing thing that it is just rebalances, even if it means I get sick. So say I went a while without getting sleep. In the end, I tend to get sick and then end up having to get a lot more rest and recovery. So it's almost like it's just going to take care of itself anyway. But mainly I found that it's my anxiety that I won't cope with the next day because my days were too highly pressured that caused me the most overwhelm. So it's the anxiety about not coping. It's not the lack of sleep. And you might relate to this, you know, that being awake at 4am, going round and round thinking, oh my God, if I don't get any sleep, I'm never going to get through the day. I'm going to end up crying in front of that people and I've got that really important thing and I'm going to forget stuff and I'm not going to be able to think clearly. And, and then you can't sleep. But if you separate out the anxiety over the consequences of not sleeping from the not sleeping, you get some freedom. So this was during the period of my life when I still believed that success meant sacrifice. And so I'd planned out my life in such a way that there was just no slack. 
And that doesn't work because you have to have some slack in the system because stuff happens, traffic jams happen, sleepless nights happen, stuff goes wrong. In fact, in general, stuff goes differently than we wish. You know, we have quite high expectations. We want, we just want a day that's easy, that goes well and something doesn't quite go as we planned. And that is life, isn't it? Because that, that over planning in order to control overwhelm, it doesn't work because life is messy. Life is uncertain. And there has never been a year that we've learned it as well as this year. We can't control our lives. Yes, there are things we can do. We can set intentions. We can look after ourselves and we can plan to a certain extent, but we need to have some slack in that. And I don't know about you, but when I was at my most stressed, my high achieving burnout phase, I was over planning. And I can see that now. I had no idea at the time. I thought I was just really, really good at achieving stuff. And I was. I got loads done. But the the sacrifice wasn't worth it because it damaged my sleep because, first of all, I was overstimulating my mind during the day and finding it harder and harder to switch off and then found it very, very difficult to get a really good night's sleep. So then it became this holy grail. How can I get more sleep so I can cope with the next day? And this horrible, vicious cycle. So, yeah, there's definitely something, some link for me that's really important about the anxiety about poor sleep and over planning because disturbed sleep is inevitable. I just think it is. It's inevitable. And over planning as a coping mechanism for a high achieving lifestyle. Well, you know the saying, people plan and God laughs. And I just think, yeah. Something's always going to happen and accepting that, accepting that there will always be something that disturbs your coffee, that disrupts your sleep or upsets your plans. That uncertainty is a given and the ability to respond rather than react with this angry, panicky, fly swatting, the ability to live more skillfully is necessary. So yes, productivity hacks and sleep hacks can be really, really helpful for living a full life. But you're always going to have sleepless nights. And accepting that will probably help you sleep better. Just a thought. Sleep well tonight. hope you're enjoying this podcast and finding it helpful if you'd like to know more about how I work as a body mindfulness teacher and coach you can go to my website www.heidimark.co.uk or you can follow me in the usual places Facebook Instagram and more recently YouTube channel you can also book for a limited amount of time a free 30 minute coaching call by going to calendly dot com forward slash Heidi hyphen ease.